إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وصيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد Today then insha'Allah ta'ala we begin with our new study the book of al-Sheikh al-Fawzan hafizahullah ta'ala al-Sheikh Salih al-Fawzan the book al-Irshad ila sahih al-I'tiqad a guide to sound creed and this is a book within which a Shaykh Salih Al-Fawzan Hafizahullah Ta'ala clarifies and explains the beliefs of a Muslim. The belief, the aqeedah, the tawheed explains it and breaks it down section after section. So insha'Allah Ta'ala We'll begin then from the introduction of the Shaykh himself, where he says, فَلَمَّا كَانَ تَوْضِيحُ الْعَقِيدَةِ الصَّحِيحَةِ وَالدَّعْوَةِ إِلَيْهَا هُوَ أَهَمُّ الْأُمُورِ وَآكَدُ الْوَاجِبَاتِ That clarifying the true aqeedah and da'wah to it, clarifying the true aqeedah and calling to it, is from the most important of affairs and the most important of the obligations. لِأَنَّهَا الْأَسَاسُ الَّذِي تَنْبَنِي عَلَيْهِ صِحَّةُ الْأَعْمَالِ وَقَبُولِهَا because this true aqeedah, it is the basis upon which the validity of your actions will be determined. Whether your actions are correct and accepted or not will depend upon the correctness of this base, the correctness of the foundation. The aqeedah كان اهتمام الرسل صلوات الله وسلامه عليهم واهتمام أتباعهم بإصلاح العقيدة أولا عما يناقضها أو ينقصها Due to this the messengers their priority and the priority of the followers of the messengers has always been the rectification of aqeedah, firstly and foremostly. And to clarify it and purify it from that which opposes it or that which creates deficiency within it. The priority of the prophets and messengers 
has been to clarify this aqeedah, to teach this aqeedah, to make it clear from that which opposes it or creates deficiency within it. وَكَانَ نَصِيبُ هَذَا الْجَانِبِ مِنْ صُوَرِ الْقُرْآنِ وَآيَاتِهِ and the portion of the Quran that incorporates this aspect, the aspect of Aqidah, then that is the greatest portion of the Quran. The greatest portion of the Quran is around the aspect of Aqidah and Tawheed and warning against shirk and what opposes the true aqidah. That in of itself shows you the importance we have to put on aqidah. That the majority of the Quran it is about this aqidah revolving around the subject of aqidah. In fact, some of the scholars they say every single ayah of the Quran has a link to aqeedah somehow. Every ayah of the Qur'an, it is linked to tawheed and to aqeedah. وَكَانَ نَصِيبُهُ مِنْ دَعْوَةِ الرَّسُولِ صَلْعِ سَلَّمُ وَاهْتِمَامُهُ أَنَّصِيبَ الْأَكْبَرِ Similarly, the da'wah of the Prophet sallam the vast majority and the greatest portion and the greatest importance within his da'wah was the importance and the portion given to this aqeedah again. Also, in the da'wah of the Prophet wasallam, the greatest importance and the greatest portion was to this aqeedah. فَقَدْ مَكَثَهُ صلى الله عليه وسلم في مكة ثلاث عشرة سنة يدعو إلى التوحيد وإصلاح العقيدة The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم remained in مكة for 13 years after he became a prophet calling to this توحيد and to the rectification of Aqeedah. وَلَمَّا فَتَحَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ مَكَّةِ And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the conquering of Makkah, كَانَ أَوَّلُ مَا بَدَأَ بِهِ هَدْمُ الْأَصْنَامُ وَالْقَضَاءِ عَلَيْهَا After the conquering of Makkah, the first thing, that the Prophet ﷺ began with doing was to destroy the idols that were in Mecca. To destroy the idols that were there. To finish them off. To finish off that shirk. That was the first thing, the first priority of the Prophet ﷺ after the conquering of Mecca. Well, and from the first of the priorities after the conquering of Mecca, 
was also the focus on sincerity in worship to Allah, to Him alone without any partners, i.e. Tawheed. فَقَدْ وَقَدْ أَوْلَى عُلَمَاءُ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ هذا الجانب قدرا كبيرا من جهودهم وجهادهم وتعليمهم وتأليفهم The scholars of the sunnah The scholars of this ummah They have given a great degree of importance and time and effort In teaching and writing about this topic the topic of Aqeedah of Tawheed. So many books and so many writings of the scholars, so much effort and time they put into this aspect, the aspect of Aqeedah. Hatta shagalat kutub al-Aqeedah hizan kabiran min al-maktabat al-Islamiyyah. To the extent that when you look at the libraries, the biggest portion, a huge portion of them will always be about books of Aqeedah. When you go to the libraries, the Islamic libraries, the biggest portion, huge amounts of the books are on Aqeedah. And the forefront of the topics in those libraries is the topic of Aqeedah. وَقَدْ أَحْبَبْتُ أَنْ أَسْهَمَ بِجُهْدِ الْقَلِيلِ فِي هَذَا الْعَمَلِ الْجَلِيلِ الشيخ صالح الفوزان حفظه الله تعالى says that I desired to help in that regard in the regard of Aqeedah and furthering the education of that with this small effort of mine i.e. this book is referring to this small book which again does exactly that clarifies and explains the true aqeedah of a muslim he says so i wrote these few words meaning this small book that i present to the reader وَهِيَ لَمْ تَأْتِ بِشَيْءٍ جَدِيدٍ And these words, this book, there's nothing new in it, he says. There's nothing new. Meaning all of these details, all of this aqeedah, it's there in the old books as well. From the books of the scholars of centuries ago, it's exactly the same. But, why do it then? إِنَّمَا هِيَ تَقْرِيبٌ لِبَعْضِ الْمَعْلُومَاتِ It is just to make things easier to understand. Maybe some of the other books, they are big and they are detailed and the way they are from the olden scholars. He says it's the same materials but just made easier to understand. وَقَدْ يَكُونُ فِيهَا And something else that is beneficial is that he says there may be a connection to what happens nowadays amongst people. There may be some greater degree of connection mentioned within the book about the real state of affairs of Muslims nowadays too. حَتَّى يَتَّضِحَ حُكْمُهَا 
So by realizing how this happens in real life, the rulings will become clear to you. Practically, you'll be able to understand. وَيَتَبَيَّنُ خَطَأْ أَصْحَابِ تِلْكَ الْمُمَارَسَاتِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ وَنَصِيحَ لِغَيْرِهِمْ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَحْذَرُونَ so those people who are performing these misguidances, maybe this book may help them to be advised and come back to the truth. And those who are not doing those things, then this will be as a warning to them to make sure they stay away from them. And he says, that I have taken these words, this book, from the books of the great scholars of the past, from the scholars of the religion, the scholars of the Muslims. For example, the books of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah and his student ibn al-Qayyim and also his student ibn Kathir. وَمِنْ كُتُبِ شَيْخَ الْإِسْلَامِ مُحَمَّدِ بْنِ عَبْدِ الْوَهَّابِ And from the books of al-Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab and his students. وَلَا أَدْعِي أَوْ أَدْعِي أَنَّنِي أَتَيْتُ بِجَدِيدِ He says, I'm not claiming I've got anything new in this book. وَإِنَّمَا أَرْجُوا أَنْ أَكُونَ قَرَّبْتُ بَعْضَ الْمَعْلُومَاتِ He says, I just hope that I've made it easier for people to understand. The Shaykh always writes his books in an easy way to understand. So he says there's nothing new in it. It's the same aqidah as what the scholars wrote in their books before. But just to make it easier to understand the way it's written. وَأَصْلُ هَذَا الْكِتَابِ كَانَ حَلَقَاتٍ he says, this book originally, it was lectures that he gave on the radio, or uh, they were transmitted on the radio. And he said, I never imagined in those days that these audio lectures he was giving on the radio would ever be written out into a book. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed it to occur like this. But some of the students, they suggested to the Shaykh that he should write it out and put it printed in book form so people can benefit. So that this benefit it remains thereafter. And so he says, I hope there is goodness in it and that it will aid in da'wah to people, no matter how small this aid may be. He says, we are in times right now. This time right now is a time when people are ignorant of the right way to give da'wah. That's the times we live in. Many people are ignorant of how to give da'wah properly. And many people these days, many so-called du'at, 
they focus on these other subsidiary things, other minor things, and they leave the core, the aqeedah. They're not focusing on this basis that they need to be teaching people. They see the people doing shirk, major shirk around tombs and around shrines. Involved and delved into innovations and misguidances. And many of these misguided callers have grasped the people. Many of the people, they follow these misguided scholars and misguided callers. So the reality is today, he says, many people don't focus on this aqeedah. People just talking about the Muslim ummah, this is happening and that is happening and the oppression. But how are you going to fix all of that? How are you going to fix all of these problems in the Ummah and the weakness in the Ummah and the oppression that is happening in the Ummah? Firstly, they're going to have to fix the Ummah from within. Forget about demonstrations and we need to go to the embassy and the Kuffar and this and that. To fix the Ummah, you have to begin from within. Within the Ummah, the Muslims are committing shirk. They're not praying their five prayers. They're not doing these things. Fix that from the inside first then you can look out elsewhere inside how do we fix the ummah by teaching the correct aqeedah to the ummah by getting the ummah to abandon the shirk and the tawaf around the graves and going to the 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 the, the, the peer as they call it and the awliya and making dua to these people and prostrating to them all of this shirk and this misguidance that happens, that is what needs sorting out within the Muslims. That is what will bring back honor then and strength when the Muslims leave and abandon the shirk and the bid'ah and the wrong beliefs and they come back to the true aqeedah. That is what will bring back strength into the ummah once again. That is the introduction. Then after that, the Shaykh, he begins with the first chapter. The first chapter which he entitles, or the first small chapter here, Al-Aqeedah Al-Islamiyyah. The Islamic Aqeedah. The Islamic Aqeedah. Al-Aqeedah Al-Islamiyyah. هي التي بعث الله بها رسوله وأنزل بها كتبه وأوجبها على جميع خلقه الجن والإنس. The Islamic عقيده that is the one that Allah sent His messengers with and revealed His books upon. And made it an obligation upon his creation, the jinn and the humans. The correct Islamic aqeedah, that is what Allah sent the messengers with. That is what Allah revealed the books with, the Quran, etc. That is what Allah obligated upon us to perform. The correct aqeedah and tawheed. Obligated upon the creation, the jinn and the humans. كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَى Just as Allah said, 
وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون ما أريد منهم من رزق وما أريد أن يطعمون that I did not create the jinn of the humans except for them to worship me alone upon Tawheed. I do not want from them any sustenance nor do I want that they feed me. Allah is not in need of anything from us. He has created us to worship Him upon Tawheed, not associating any partners to Him. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى And Allah said, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهِ That Allah has decreed and legislated you do not worship except Him. You do not worship anyone else except Him alone. And Allah said, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنْ يَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ وَاشْتَنِبُوا الطَّاغُوتِ That we sent to every nation a messenger preaching Preaching to them, worship your Lord alone and stay away, abstain from the false deities. So all of the messengers, they came with the da'wah to this aqeedah. That was the core of every messenger. Jesus, Moses, Abraham. Noah, all of the messengers that came before, all of them, their da'wah was to this one true aqidah, to tawheed of Allah, to worshipping Allah alone. Up until the final messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with that same message. وَكُلُّ الْكُتُبُ الْإِلَهِيَّةِ نزلت لبيانها وبيان ما يبطلها ويناقضها أو ينقصها and all of the books that Allah revealed the Torah, the Zabur, the Injil, the Bible, the Old Testament, New Testament, the Quran all of them were revealed with this aqeedah clarifying it, Tawheed and warning against shirk and that which opposes Tawheed that's what all of the books came with that message. And all of the creation who have the responsibility upon them have been ordered with this. Responsibility upon them that you are of the age of puberty, that you are sane and you have your intellect, etc. Those are the people who the responsibility is upon. You have your intellect, you are of the age of puberty. These are the kind of conditions that you need to have that responsibility upon you. وَإِنَّمَا كَانَ هَذَا شَأْنُهُ وَأَهْمِيَّتُهُ لَجَدِيرٌ بِالْعِنَايَةِ وَالْبَحْثِ وَالتَعَرُّفِ عَلَيْهِ قَبْلَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ So a person who has the responsibility upon him and that type of person then needs to make sure, is deserving of making sure that he strives in this field of understanding, that he strives to learn, to research and to understand the aqeedah, his belief as a Muslim before anything else. خصوصاً 
وأن هذه العقيدة تتوقف عليها سعادة البشرية في الدنيا والآخرة especially because your happiness in this world and in the afterlife will depend upon this aqidah if you have this correct and upright and you are muwahid a person of tawheed that is what will bring you the success in this world and the afterlife but if you are a person who is not upon this tawheed and not upon this true aqidah and belief and iman then that will be your destruction in the afterlife so it is absolutely critical and vital that you understand the true aqidah allah said in the quran فَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِالطَّاغُوتِ وَيُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ اسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوَثْقَاءِ لَا انْفِصَامَ لَهَا That whomsoever disbelieves in the taghut, all of those who transgress the limits, all of those besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being worshipped besides Allah, etc. You disbelieve in all of them and you believe in Allah. You have your aqidah, your tawheed, your iman. Then they are the ones who have grabbed onto a firm handhold. They are the ones who are upon that firm and upright path. وَمَعْنَ ذَلِكَ أَنَّ مَنْ أَفَلَتْ يَدَهُ مِنْ هَذِي الْعَقِيدَةِ فَإِنَّهُ يَكُونُ مُتَمَسِّكًا بِالْأَوْهَامِ وَالْبَاطِلِ فَمَاذَا بَعْدَ الْحَقِّ إِلَّا الضَّلَالِ So if you do not abandon the false deities and believe in Allah and therefore hold on to this firm handhold if you don't do that and you haven't got that handhold then where is your handhold what are you holding on to then if you're not holding on to this aqidah you're only holding on to your doubts and misguidances taking you away from the true and upright aqidah Allah said in the Quran ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْحَقِّ وَأَنَّ مَا يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ هُوَ الْبَاطِلِ That is because Allah, He is the truth. And all of what they call upon besides Allah is false. There is only one true aqeedah, one tawheed, one path to Allah. وَالْعَقِيدَةَ مَعْنَاهَا And the meaning of aqeedah. مَا يُصَدِّقُهُ الْعَبْدُ وَيَدِينُ بِهِ that which the servant believes in and holds as his religion what you believe in your iman is in and you hold that to be your religion فَإِنْ كَانَتْ هَذِهِ الْعَقِيدَةَ مُوَافِقَةَ لِمَا بَعَثَ اللَّهُ بِهِ رُسُولَةَ وَأَنْزَلَ بِهِ كُتُبَةَ فَهِيَ عَقِيدَةَ صَحِيحَ سَلِيمَةَ so if this aqeedah of yours is in line with what Allah sent the prophets and messengers with and in line with what Allah mentioned in his books and revelations, then you are upon the sound and true aqeedah. That's how you will achieve the salvation, the success from the punishment of Allah being saved from that and the happiness in this world and in the hereafter. وَإِنْ كَانَتْ هَذِي الْعَقِيدَةَ مُخَالِفَةَ لِمَا أَرْسَلَ اللَّهُ بِهِ رَسُولَ وَأَنْزَلَ بِهِ كُتُبَةَ فَهِيَ عَقِيدَةَ تُوْجِبُ لِأَصْحَابِهَا الْعَذَابُ وَالشَّقَافِ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ But if the aqeedah you are upon 
it is in opposition to what Allah sent the prophets and messengers with, in opposition to what the revelations, the books they came with, then there is only destruction for you. You are then guaranteed punishment and grief in this world and the afterlife misery. And this true sound aqidah, it preserves the honor and the blood of a Muslim, preserves the honor and the blood of a Muslim and the wealth of a Muslim. You cannot be transgressed upon. Islam defends the rights of the Muslim and the rights of the people as a whole. The behavior that the Muslim has to the non-Muslim prescribed in Islam. And this aqeedah will also save you from the punishment of Allah on the day of judgment. Al-Imam Muslim reports from Jabir radiallahu anhu that the Prophet said, Man la Whomsoever meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not committing any shirk alongside him, then he will enter paradise. وَمَنْ لَقِيَهُ يُشْرِكُ بِهِ شَيْئًا But whomsoever meets Allah having committed shirk alongside him, then دَخَلَ النَّارِ He will enter the hellfire. And it's also mentioned في الصحيحين in Al-Bukhari and Muslim from the hadith of Itban ibn Malik رضي الله عنه فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ حَرَّمَ عَلَى النَّارِ مَنْ قَالْ لا إله إلا الله يبتغي بذلك وجه الله. That indeed Allah has made haram upon the fire the one who says لا إله إلا الله seeking by the face of Allah sincerely upon توحيد والعقيدة الصحيحة السليمة يكفر الله بها الخطايا. The sound, upright aqeedah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expiates your wrongs via it. فَقَدْ رَوَى تِرْمِذِي وَحَسَّنَهُ عَنْ أَنَسَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ At-Tirmidhi, he reports from Anas رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ سَمِعَتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَقُولُ That I heard the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم say that Allah said, قال الله تعالى يا ابن آدم لو أتيتني بقراب الأرض خطايا ثم لقيتني لا تشرك بي شيئا لأتيتك بقرابها مغفرة That O oh son of Adam, if you came to me with almost an earth full of evils but you met me on that day, not having committed shirk though, then I would come to you with that equal amount of forgiveness. An earth amount of sins, so many sins, 
but no shirk, then I would come to you with forgiveness for it. فشرط في حصول هذه المغفرة سلامة العقيدة من الشرك. So what is the condition for receiving this forgiveness? It is that a person meets Allah upon the sound aqidah, upon the tawheed, upon that uprightness, no shirk, no association of partners to Allah. كثيره وقليله صغيره وكبيره that you do not commit no minor amount of shirk or no major amount of shirk neither small nor big neither minor nor major and whomsoever is like that then he is the person who has the sound heart he has the sound heart Allah said regarding that, يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالٌ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٌ On that day when your wealth and your children will not avail you except for the one who comes with a sound heart, meaning a heart that is upon the true aqidah, a heart that is upon the true and sincere tawheed and worship to Allah. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullahu ta'ala said in the hadith of Itban, the meaning of it, وَيَعْفَى لِأَهْلِ التَّوْحِيدِ الْمَحْضِ الَّذِي لَمْ يَشُوبُهُ بِالشِّرْقِ مَا لَا يُعْفَى لِمَنْ لَيْسَ كَذَلِكَ that a person of Tawheed who did not have any shirk mixed in with it, they will be forgiven to a level much greater than a person who is besides that, meaning a person who did end up with some types of shirk and some other forms. Because we know that there is major shirk and there is minor shirk. The minor shirk does not exit you from the fold of Islam. فَلَوْ لَقِيَ الْمُوَحِّدَ الَّذِي لَمْ يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ شَيْءٍ أَلْبِتَّهِ ربه ربه بقراب الأرض خطايا أتاه بقرابها مغفرة. so if a person of توحيد meets Allah سبحانه وتعالى on that day never having committed shirk then no matter what huge amount of sins he's done then it's mentioned Allah will give him that level of forgiveness also. والعقيدة السليمة تقبل معها الأعمال وتنفع صاحبها The upright and sound عقيده That is the عقيده through which, upon which your actions and your deeds are accepted and they will benefit you. It's mentioned in the Quran من عمل صالحا من ذكر أو أنثى وهو مؤمن Whomsoever does the righteous actions from the males or the females, from the believers, they are believers. Then those, we will give them a happy, blissful life. And we will recompense and reward them with the best of what they used to do. And also the opposite is true 
فالعقيدة الفاسدة تحبط جميع العمل تحبط جميع العمل The incorrect and the corrupt عقيدات destroys your actions قال تعالى ولقد أوحي إليك وإلى الذين من قبلك ولقد أوحي إليك وإلى الذين من قبلك لئن أشركت ليحبطن عملك ولا تكونن من الخاسرين That it has been revealed to you and those who came before you that if you commit shirk if you commit shirk alongside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then that will destroy your actions it will render them null and void and you will be from the ones in loss Similarly, وَلَوْ أَشْرَكُوا لَحَبِطَ عَنْهُمْ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ If they had committed shirk, then their actions they did would have been nullified and destroyed from them. And so this false aqeedah, if you have the false aqeedah, it prevents you from entering paradise. As Allah said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشُرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive that you commit shirk alongside him, but he forgives all else to whom he wills. And similarly, Allah said, إِنَّهُ مَنْ يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الْجَنَّةِ Whomsoever commits shirk alongside Allah, then Allah has made the paradise forbidden for him, cannot go to paradise. His abode will be the hellfire. And those wrongdoers, the mushrikun, do not have any helpers. So the incorrect aqidah, that is the consequence of it. But the correct and upright aqidah, the consequence of that is the righteousness, the happiness, and the reward from Allah of paradise in the afterlife. So that is the opening chapter talking about aqeedah, the correct aqeedah and the consequences of it and what you receive for it. The false aqeedah and the end result and the punishment from it. How all of the prophets and messengers and the books revealed were upon this true one aqeedah. That is the end of that opening chapter. That's where we'll conclude for today. The new chapter will begin the next time, next week insha'Allah ta'ala. Next week we'll begin the next chapter insha'Allah ta'ala, which is a chapter that tells us about the obligation for a Muslim to know the aqeedah. You can't just say you're Muslim and have no idea what the correct aqeedah is. It's an obligation for the Muslim to have an understanding of the true aqeedah of Tawheed. So that is where we'll begin with next week with that chapter. And then it also goes on to the chapter about giving da'wah to the people and calling them to this aqeedah, which we'll also cover next week. Insha'Allah ta'ala and after that it goes on to the actual core of the book and it begins firstly with the six pillars of Iman belief in Allah, belief in the angels, belief in the books, in the prophets, in the day of judgment, in the decree it goes through all of those chapters one by one
So inshallah ta'ala will resume with that inshallah next week at the same time at approximately 7 p.m. So make sure to be here on time and we'll begin at 7 p.m. next week inshallah ta'ala. Any questions up to there then before we round off tonight? The issue of somebody committing shirk unknowingly is a very big topic. Known as the topic of Al-Udhar Bil-Jahl. Can you excuse someone because of their ignorance? And it's not an easy topic. Because somebody who commits shirk, they, they commit acts of shirk, can you really excuse them and say because they didn't know? Some scholars, they do have some explanation about how ignorance can be an excuse. And inshallah ta'ala, they'll be forgiven for that. Other scholars, they say, if a person is committing outright shirk, then you can't give them the excuse that they don't know. Somebody's prostrating to the shrines, for example, then you can't give the excuse that they don't know. But that is a much more detailed topic. And inshallah, as we go through the book, the more topics we cover and the more explanations we do, it'll probably elaborate more on that point of excuse and no excuse, ignorance, no ignorance, inshallah. <laughs> there are some people known as Ahlul Fitrah, the people who came in a time and a place where Islam did not reach them. If that is the case, the scholars, they say they'll be given their test on the Day of Judgment. They'll be given their examination, their test on the Day of Judgment. The ones who did not receive that knowledge of Islam, it did not come to them in the time and the zone and the place they were in. Similar to young children who died before the age of puberty, some scholars, they mentioned they'll be given their test on the Day of Judgment. Anything else? In that case, try and get a copy of the book. It's available in English. For those who speak Arabic, get the Arabic copy. For those who don't, then the English is available. Guide to Sound Creed. It's uh, printed in English. So you should try and get a copy of that book. It will help your studies by a huge amount. If you have a copy of the book, same with the people listening online. Have a copy of the book. If you know Arabic, have the Arabic. If you don't, then get the English or whatever language you're most comfortable with. Try and get the book where it's available because having the book will help you in your studies immensely. Some of the scholars when we were there in Medina, in the university, they used to say, if you don't bring your book, you're not a student of knowledge. You're not a student of knowledge if you don't bring your book. So try and get a copy of the book. They're available, Sound Creed, it's in the bookshops. Work it out, find out where they are, order them. It will help your studies immensely to have the book. Because it means you can go over the chapters again, revise them carefully at home. You can read up on the next chapter in advance before you come to the next class. So you've already got an idea of what we're going to talk about. It will make it even easier for you to understand everything. So try and get a copy of the book. It will help you a lot to have a copy of the book. Then make your notes and read and prepare and encourage each other and make sure it's regular attendance. To get proper knowledge, it takes time. You're not going to get all of the aqidah in one lesson. In next week's lesson, two weeks are finished. It's going to take us two, three, four months before we finish the book. But it takes that sincere intention. Asking Allah for aid and assistance, purifying the intention and continuing with that study. 
continuing and attending every week, not becoming lazy, because there will come a time. After a week, two weeks, few weeks, shaitan starts whispering, you get lazy, you don't want to attend one week, you miss one week here, miss one week there. If you do that, then you will not get a proper understanding. Because if you miss one week and then come the next week, the next week's topic, you won't understand it properly because you missed the last week's topic. That way, you never get a proper understanding of what's going on. You want the proper knowledge, then you must come every week. This is your religion. It's not like you need to put time out to go do your shopping and other things. This is the time for your religion to learn about Quran, to learn about Sunnah, to learn the aqidah you're supposed to be on as a Muslim, to learn what will save you in the afterlife and keep you away from the fire. If you cannot take time out once a week to come and do that, then what are you using your time and your life for? So make sure every week if the shaitan begins to whisper, get rid of those and come to the class. Come regularly and if you do it regularly, you'll see by the time you get near the end of this book, how much your knowledge has increased insha'Allah ta'ala. So we'll conclude upon that for tonight. Carry on next week insha'Allah.